This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. I didn't sleep for like four or five months. Like I was scared to go to bed. Like um, I didn't understand what was actually going on. So the anxiety breakdown was like a massive turning point for me in my life because it changed my outlook of everything. Hey everybody, welcome to the Stillness Podcast. Our goal with this podcast and the Pottery Studio is to introduce you to ways that you can find stillness in your life. Our guest today, Jake Ibbotson, is going to take us through a bunch of life experiences and how he's overcome mental challenges through business and personal. Welcome, Jake Ibbotson. Thank you. How are you? Good, mate. Welcome to On Track Studio. And yeah, it's a beautiful place, isn't it? It is. It's good. I love it. So, um, where should we start? I want to. Jake. Jake's designed the uh, first pottery studio website, or the mm-hmm. existing current one. He still works on it. So, yep. Ibbotson Designs is yep. where he's been for the last ten years. Yep, I've always yeah had the design aspect of business, but obviously had the phone shop as well. Yeah, cool. So, when did the phone shop start? Well, you got to go back a few years for that one. Um, I started fixing phones when I was fourteen at yep. school. Obviously, I had an iPhone three. Um, yeah, first iPhone. Yeah, very first iPhone. <laughs> Dinosaurs, they call that. Um, I went out the window of a car somehow, going around a roundabout. And obviously, being 14, I didn't have 350 bucks to fix it. So, um, went on eBay, went on YouTube, figured it out. And it worked, surprisingly. So, yeah, just started cool. from there, started doing mates' phones, um, which led to doing a business from home out of school. And then, uh, eventually shot when I was twenty twenty one. Yeah, cool. So everyone, so. you were fixing everyone's phones at school. Yeah, and I was ch- oh, I was charging like fifty dollars. It was ridiculously cheap. Yeah, cool. look back at that and could have you know walked away <laughs> a millionaire after grade twelve. But yeah, that's, that's cool. all right. Um, Some pocket change when you were a teenager. Yeah, pretty much just got me home on the bus. Really. So when did you? Um, what was the first shop called? You. Um, so our first business was from home. It was called yeah. Classic iPhone Repairs. Yeah, great name. Um, I was just, you know, just doing it from home. Obviously, got into the, the understanding of, you know, how business works. Did a lot of research, um, trying to understand marketing and all that kind of stuff. It was just when that time of like Instagram was fairly new as well. Mm. Um, I did that for about a year, mm-hmm. and then I decided to go to uni to do um, double major in web and graphic design. Yeah, cool. Um, while I was doing that, I was working at another phone shop. And then um, I had a break from uni. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to, I went to actually I broke up with my first girlfriend of three years. Uh, we had uh, it was a pretty dramatic breakup, you know, the first love kind of vibe. Mm. Um, mentally, it rocked me. Um, so for me to try and I had like a year of just absolutely doing nothing. It was it was pretty much living off Centrelink, which is pretty funny to look back at now, but. Um, uh, picked myself up, dust myself off, um, started Imperial Blue mm-hmm. in Malulbar, my first shop. What age are we now? Uh, I, ch- I just turned 21. So I was putting it together and I just turned over 21. Yeah, cool. Um, I launched it in December. We opened up um, and I obviously turned 21 on 6th of November. So mm. um, yeah, started there and, you know, that was my baby for three years. Love that. Where'd you, where was that based? Malulba. So I had the first shot was uh, Brisbane Road, just 
further down towards the bowls club, obviously the bowls club. And yep. then after two years, I made the decision to go up further towards the Esplanade for better foot traffic. So yeah, cool. did that whole um, shop move, even got a, like a bit of a YouTube channel out of it. Yeah, cool. Tried it anyway. Um, so yeah, enjoyed, it's good. Enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed the aspect of, um, you know, the fun stuff of having a shell and creating it, designing it. Um, I enjoy the startup of business. Um, so that was pretty much like a, a like a, a new, gave me a new wind in business. I was two years in, I was kind of getting a bit um, stale with um, the enjoyment of it. So that kind of gave me a second wind and gave me, reminded me of why I was in it and the passion kind of thing. Like obviously I didn't love fix, fixing phones. I more enjoyed the business side of things. So um, it just reminded me that that's what I really liked and not fixing phones. So. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think made you want to start uh, running a business? Did your um, parents run businesses? Or? Yeah, nah. See, the funny thing is, like, all during school, like, I wasn't an A student. I was a smart ass. I was always getting in trouble, but I always, you know, I was always playing sport, but I always had that at the back of my mind saying, you know, education is important. But, you know, I, I was always a CB student. I came out of school, so I had no idea what I wanted to do. Obviously, the the parents were like, oh, I'll just go get a trade, be an electrician. But um, I just always knew I wasn't going to labor. Like it just wasn't my kind of life. Um, so I just kind of played it by ear. But and then somehow I always said to myself that I'd be retired by I'm 40. Like looking back at it, I had no idea what I was talking about because that's ridiculous. But I um, always had that mentality that that's what my goal was. So um, And then somehow, yeah, I just... Fixing phones was just that gateway to being a business owner. When you say retired, like what what does that look like? I've, I must have been, been lazy as a kid as well because <laughs> all I, I was saying that I was like retired and I didn't have to work. So, yeah, right. But looking back at that, obviously you don't really understand how life works and you know, keeping busy is good for the body and the mental health. So if you're retired at 40, it's a long, long next 40 years of doing what, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, business was always not really... Um, a goal of mine and just kind of my passion and drive went towards being a business owner Did your parents support you to start that or um no no the, the, my first idea of it they're just like oh you know for me for me going to business it was never never i never thought it was going to fail like i never had that you know when you're young you don't really have a fear like when you're doing dumb stuff or jumping off stuff you don't really fear the bad outcome I, for me going to business i didn't have i had no fear like mm the the thought of it not succeeding didn't even enter my mind. So, um, f- but obviously for them, that's the first thing they think, you know, you're going to get yourself in debt. Like I borrowed money to open up the first shop um, and they're obviously worried about that, but that was never going to be the case for me. I just yeah. never even considered that I was an option. So oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's good. That didn't <laughs> good learning. Fail. Yeah, no, it's good. Good mentality have. I think you have to, you can't mm. approach business with, Oh well, yeah, you, fail. you can't approach anything with the f- thought of failing, or you probably will fail. No, nah, and that's what I've I've learned in uh, the last kind of couple of years is obviously, you know, that having that negativity negativity thought, mm-hmm. you you just cutting yourself short from the get go. Like that's, and I obviously haven't always been like that. Like in the last couple of years, I've haven't been as positive. Yeah, when going into businesses and stuff like that, or. You know, having that thought or that mentality of it won't fail. But mm. what do you um, think triggered that? Um, oh, definitely the anxiety breakdown. So, 
Um, my third year of business, obviously, if you want to really recap it, I was um, third year of business. Um, I wouldn't, it was never, never ego for me. It was more just a lifestyle. I realized that I could not be in the shop and still live a life outside the shop, so not work. So um, I got caught up in, you know, partying pretty hard and not really having a structure or a routine that was healthy. Um, and then one day in the shop, I had a anxiety breakdown. I've always had anxiety, but I've never had like this um, uh, this demon just absolutely just destroy me. Like it just absolutely ruined me. So I was just sitting there having a coffee. I used to be a bit of a coffee addict, as you probably know. So I don't drink coffee now on the hot joggies. But um, <laughs> um, I was just sitting there and I had heart palpitation. Like the, everyone has heart palpitations. That's completely normal. Um, and then my brain just went boom, click, and just told myself I was dying. So I freaked out, drove to mum's house. I was like, mum, I'm dying. Like I had it just, I had, I had no control over this subconscious telling myself that I'm dying. Like it was just a whole new thought in my brain. I felt like my brain had been replaced by someone else saying, you're about to die. Um, and that, that riddled me like that. I didn't, I didn't sleep for like four or five months. Like I was scared to go to bed. Like um, I didn't understand what was actually going on. So the anxiety breakdown was like a massive turning point for me in my life because it changed my outlook of everything. But um, so after that, I obviously, I got very driven to beat what I was going through. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I'm a very social person. I couldn't hang out with friends. Um, I was spending majority of my time at home um, with my mum, something, some. Something to be comfortable around. I couldn't, um, you know, go do anything that I like to do. I couldn't work. I could do nothing. So, um, obviously, to understand it, I chose to go see a psychologist, um, which helped me understand what had actually happened, why it was happening. Obviously, my my lifestyle choices of partying, the stress of having the shop, all that kind of stuff. It was just it was just like a big downfall, and obviously. I had the I've always had anxiety it's riddled through my mum's side of the family, always all back to my granddad as well. So my lifestyle choices made this happen in a more dramatic way than it needed to be. Mm. Um but I obviously did the, the right things by it took me a good uh over just over a year to get yeah. back to a mental state where I could um just be more of myself, be you know, I could go out, hang out with friends, not worry about having an anxiety attack. At the, that was the point that I was having like six, seven anxiety attacks a day. I was getting my mum to take me to hospital because I thought I was dying. Like it was, it was pretty surreal to look back at now because yeah, right. right now I go, you know, I'm fine. But like looking back at then, I was just like a scared little kid that had no idea what was going on. I had no understanding of what actually anxiety was capable of. So pretty in that crazy. experience, very grateful for because I learned a lot about how to deal with anxiety. Um, you know, I learned a lot about uh, mental health, never take it for granted. I learned a lot about um, how other people deal with certain things. Like a lot of people that have anxiety and stuff, they, they tend to go down the train of drugs, alcohol, because subconsciously I was doing that, but I didn't even realize I was doing that. Like I was stressed, I was anxious about the shop, mm. which made me go, oh, I'm going to party. And that's like a quick fix. But I thought I was just, you know, being a 20, 22-year-old at the time, 23-year-old. But 
realistically I was doing that to suppress feelings that I didn't want to face. So it was a it was a hectic year. It was a hectic year. Sounds which, hectic. Yeah, no, it was. It was. Yeah. It, it was different though. Like it changed um, for, as me as a person. Yeah, it changed me completely. Like I look back on it's a completely different person. Like I still have the founding um, uh, morals and stuff like that. Yeah, but as my personality wise, I changed a lot. How, how did you come? How did you get through it? Like after the six months or five months? Um, well, first off, I went ban on all alcohol, everything. Didn't touch a thing. Um, I pretty much went back to back to basics to the fundamentals of what makes you healthy. So, obviously, the healthy gut. I was eating foods like um, turkey and avocado and stuff like that that gives you good uh, release of serotonin. So, pretty much, because I didn't sleep. When I say sleep, I went to sleep, but I was never asleep. My brain was still going. Um. So I didn't sleep for so long, so I lost all levels of serotonin. It was almost like a depressive state, but I was never like really depressed. I was more just like not me. I was having these anxiety attacks, you know, all day, every day. So um, that plus exercise, so clean diet, exercise, understanding the triggers, yeah, what things triggered me, um, stay away from them. Um, it's pretty much just a, understanding me as a person because like this is. From that day, I've, I'm now living with that anxiety stuff for the rest of my life. So these anxiety attacks, I'm going to have them for the rest of my life. That was like a, you got to come to terms with that. You got to understand that. Like that's you for now. Like that's, it's never gone anywhere. But the more you deal with it and the more you understand it and the more you um, take it head on, uh, the better, the more, the less it's going to occur. So I went, just recently I went two years without an anxiety attack. Which is huge from six or seven a day. So what you when you did have one or you're still clean? Um, I did have one, yeah. Um, which was only like three weeks ago. I had two in one week. What was what was the trigger? Or what happened? What's going on? Um I but the trigger would be it would be a couple of things that leading up to the actual day, but it would be um my least my recent job or business white oak through town with that so obviously i was back to square one with what i was going to do next in terms of business um and then the following two weeks later i had my granddad pass as well so i felt like i was fine dealing with it all but then obviously i went out and had a big night on the beers with the boys uh, which i've always loved doing and then the next day was i was just hungover so when you're hungover you're a lot more anxious because Obviously, alcohol just does that to you and does that to everyone. Um, but I wasn't as mentally strong, so I had like a little trigger of just um, felt like I was a bit a bit uncomfortable with how I was feeling. Like I felt like, oh, I didn't feel right, and that just sparked it, and I just wasn't mentally strong enough to beat it and tell it that I'm fine. Mm. And that just went to a four or five-hour episode of anxiety attack. It was pretty brutal, but... Um, and the, the funny thing is after one of those things, like you, you're fragile for four to five days. So like you're not, um, you're not yourself. You're still on edge. You're like, cause it's such a terrifying and traumatic thing an anxiety attack, especially when they go for so long. Um, you're trying to like, you're so petrified of it happening again. You 
can't get out of that space. You're always constantly thinking about it, like, oh, please don't come back, please don't come back. So that led me to Early, which was um, the Bucks trip. So what that, happened? Well, I had the the anxiety attack on the Saturday, mm. and then I had the Bucks on the Thursday coming. So I had been that four or five days, and that morning of the Thursday, I felt I felt myself again, which is good. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go, but you know, obviously I go into a Bucks party in early, you know what it's about. Mm. So um, I gave myself the opportunity to go to see how I feel. I didn't necessarily thought I was going to drink, but I obviously had drink beers on the first night there. Um, I think I was pretty silly to think that I was never going to have a beer that weekend. So I um, got on the beers, I was fine. Obviously when you have a few beers, there's no anxiety. It's, it's a suppressant, like you don't, it relaxes you. Um, and I went to bed at like one o'clock. Woke up at three o'clock. Boom. Anxiety attack straight off the bat again. I was riddled with it. So another four or five hour episode as well. Like I didn't just, you know, my past experiences, the anxiety was like, you know, like maybe 10, 15 minutes an attack and then they'll go away. But these two were like longevity. So um, what does it actually look like for someone who hasn't had it? <clears throat> so the thing is, with anxiety, it's hard to explain what anxiety is to someone that doesn't understand or hasn't experienced it. Like people might say, oh, I'm anxious or whatever, they're nervous, say going on a podcast or going in front of a audience. An actual anxiety attack is like you don't wish that upon anyone else. It's, it's, like, it's like someone taking into your brain and like fearing for your life on a constant basis, thinking like, you know, this is it, this is it, I'm going to go right now and there's nothing that you can do to fix it. Like you feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel and that is like, I think that's the most terrifying thing. Like if your brain automatically goes, I'm I'm never going to get through this but realistically, you're they're always going to get through this. Like that's, the anxiety attack's not going to go for the rest of your life but um, mentally from the outside in, um, it has been a struggle because obviously my girlfriend, she doesn't understand it and like obviously I hadn't had an anxiety attack for two years. So it was her first time witnessing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it, you just look at me and you wouldn't even know I'm going through it. But you could see I'm going through something. But it's more like I'm battling my head right now to try and stay positive and get through the next 10, 15 minutes um, to come out the other side. But unfortunately, there's nothing anyone can do for you. Like you don't want it to be touched. Um, you don't want to be talked to. You just, you, you, you basically want to focus on your brain and be positive thoughts of like, okay, just give it 10, 15 minutes. It's going to finish. Um, for me, um, I do things like go to the beach, um, go for a walk, get out in the sun, stuff like that to try and subside the anxiety attack. Um, being, or do something that makes you feel something that's familiar to you. Like say for me back when it first happened three, four years ago, I was going to my mum's house because that was like home. Being around her was familiar for me, so that made me feel better. Um, but yeah, from that morning, the the worst part was I was in Ellie Beach. Mm. And one, I hate flying. I hate flying. Gives me oh, gives me anxiety as it is. So I was already in an anxiety state and I was like, oh, I've got to go home because obviously it wasn't the right environment for me. I could have stayed, drank more, obviously continue. Um, but for me right then, I'm just like, it was a turning point going, all right, 
I've been given two years of good mental health. Yeah, maybe I did work for it, but I look at the last two years of mental health being perfect. I've taken it for granted and I've let my old lifestyle come back into play. So drinking on a weekly basis or it would, it's not even drinking, it's binge drinking. Like it's not having six beers. It's going on Thursday, Friday, Saturday and having 20 beers. Um, so in that moment when I was in a beach, all I thought about was healthy lifestyle. That's all I want. I don't want, because obviously you're going through hell and back. You don't want to experience this ever again. So like what do I need to do so I never experience this again? A lot of people, when they come out of it, they're like, oh, sweet. You know, it's like a near-death experience. You have those thoughts and then you don't actually die and then you just forget about them. Um, for me, it was like, nah, this, I'm not doing this again. So the alcohol is a trigger. It's not necessarily the cause, but it is definitely a trigger for me. Um, it's not like I was an alcoholic or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so coming back, I had to make the decision to go back. I was turning the page. Like it wasn't a good environment, so I came back. Um, and then that led me to the three months sober. Um, I was like, all right, I'm going to... I initially just wanted to do like a month just to you know clear the head, get back to the basics. But I was like, actually, I don't want to just be a month sober. I want to make complete change of my lifestyle because I find even if you have the month, you, you fall back into your bad habits. Like the, the drinking stuff, like it might not be a problem for me looking at it or someone else looking from the outside in. But end of the day, I drink just to suppress feelings. Like there's not, there's no other way around it. That's the honest truth. Like that's your escape from reality, drinking. So I think being honest with yourself and understanding why you do drink or why you are doing that, what you're doing that's harming or you know, putting you down the road to having anxiety or anxiety attacks is um, it's a must. So the three months was like, all right, this will give me time to change my habits, not just um, change them for a month, but to actually try and scope out of a, a way to not fall back to just drinking to escape reality, enjoying my life and my routine and my people around it without having to have a drink yeah, awesome. and socialize. So, um, and then obviously with that, I needed, I needed um, accountability. So that's how the Beyond Blue campaign came to it. I was like, well, what's a better way to raise money keep me accountable and raise awareness and support by other people that do go through anxiety and obviously have problems with drinking and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. Um, then to do that one, so. Awesome. So you touched on um, White Oak, which was a business you trialed with someone. Mm-hmm. What, um, do you yep. want to talk about that or like why you didn't, why your heart wasn't in it? Um, so firstly, going into business um, with White Oak, it's a marketing agency, didn't do my research the marketing specter I didn't understand it obviously being a freelance designer I know what a marketing agency is but um, I didn't know it was such a flooded market and that the marketing agency as a whole had a bad name for itself mm. um, so and me personally I didn't know if it was for me or not so um, I went into that with another guy that I, I didn't really I, I knew him as a like a person but like it wouldn't be a mate or stuff like that I didn't really know him to above so but I've always been an optimistic person like I went into it with like why not what's the worst that could happen so um, we gave it a good crack um, we did um, we started off real well um, but it, the last six months of business you kind of felt yourself 
waking up and you weren't excited to go to work. Like you'd have your days where you're pumped, but I found myself uh, not being excited to get out of bed to go to work. And that is, as a business owner, you'd know if you're not excited to go out, to get out of bed and go to work for yourself, something's not right. And that, mm. and that secretly does really um, affect your mental health without even you realizing it. So um, I think after obviously i gave it time to make sure it wasn't just me being um you know not me not giving it a full crack or me just trying to you know get out of it or mm. you know try and put the blame on someone else but um after i gave it yes yeah, after 10 months i was still having that same kind of feeling so you know it's better to put one foot in front of the other and make sure that you're not doing something that you don't like every day so mm. i made the decision to have the chat and we pulled the pin on it so you you obviously took your website design, graphic design into it. Is that where you've yeah. gone back to? I mean, I'm sure you probably yeah. never left it. You probably just... Yeah. So I always it. had... I was always sort of doing my business and design clients throughout the White Oak, which pretty much was keeping me afloat um, for, that, for this year. But um, back to basics. So my whole mentality right now for the next three months, I've actually got a structured plan for the next three months is back to basics. So... Personal, I've got stuff like um, routine. Um, I'm trying to get into meditation, which you'd be very proud of me for. Um, this will help. Yeah, we'll talk well, about more it in about a stillness. Yes. Um, back to basics. So doing my core things that I can fall back on and I feel comfortable for. So obviously the personal health is like you know your food, um, your exercise, your movement, um, your diet. With no, I'm going back to keto as well. Yeah, cool. Uh, which I find is very good for mental health or your your clarity. Yeah. Um, and then obviously back to Ibison Designs, trying to rebuild that. Um, I've got a, I've learned a lot over the last two years, so I'm going to try and input that into Ibison Designs and kind of rebrand it, give it a new kind of shape, feel, yeah. um, and expand my horizon of what I do for clients. I think routine super important, especially um, even just the diet. I mean, mm. whether you're plant-based carnival mm. keto whatever you're doing it's just the consistency of that's what i'm yep. eating don't 100%. need to think about it cooking the same thing your gut's probably happy because you're not hard. eating refined sugars and mm. it's it's for me personally I, when i first obviously doing the research about gut health um and what you eat like, i didn't understand that you like, obviously you got your nervous system to your brain from your gut i couldn't believe it eh? like i couldn't understand i was like what that doesn't make sense but when i did keto like the clarity, um, the, the no bloating, no everything was just like mm. it was crazy. Like I didn't really, um, I didn't believe it. If someone told me that, but like, yeah, whatever, you know, I'm gonna yeah. go eat whatever I want to eat, you know, chicken and rice, you'd be right. Yeah. But um, everyone's different, and everyone understand like processes food differently, which is cool because I tried a lot of different things to get to keto. If you know what I mean, mm. and keto was one that worked. But like you say, routine. Routine's hard to be consistent. Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely not a consistent kind of person. I'm a go hard for one or two weeks and then have a week off and then go hard again for a week. You know, and that's definitely been my flaw throughout my whole life. But this next three months is trying to fix that problem. Mm. Routine is hard. Uh, it's but it's hard. Consistency is key, especially even mm. um, you know we can actually talk about this. But having a diary just goes like write down everything you want to do that mm. day, keeps you accountable, tick off, tick, just ticking it off. Like sometimes if I've done something 
and then I haven't put it on the list, I'll just write it in and tick it off. Yeah. Just because, you know. feel good. Well, thanks for your good. It's like, yeah. well, I actually did do more than that's on there. So and the thing is, I, I've always been a list guy. And it's a routine of yeah. actually doing that. So it's like, oh, yeah, I did that too. Yeah. Tick it off. I think um, um, I'm reading a book on habits at the moment. It's very yeah. interesting, eh? Um, very gives you a good understanding of you know, how what's actually what you actually need to do to break a habit and create a routine or change a habit within your routine. Cause obviously, yeah. we're all about habits, so um, trying to work away at that too, which is like I've always done the the, the listing, the check thing, but I write it. It makes me feel good when I write it. I walk away and you know, I might go to the beach. You know what I mean? Like I get that good feel for like five minutes. Like, yeah. oh, I've accomplished something. So that's always been my issue, actually doing the work. Yeah. But don't set yourself too many tasks. And that's simple. that's the, the fundamental keys of back to basics. We've got in here um, the my intention for today, but it's also I'd be accomplished if I achieved. So like if, even if I only achieve these things, I'm accomplished. Because okay. three, three things a day is more than, is better than, or one thing a day is better than none. Yeah. So you can okay. write a list of 20 things and only, and do none of them. But, but yeah. What happens if you're a hard ass on yourself? Don't, well, <laughs> then you go to the gratitude part of the book and you're what you're grateful for. Gratitude. Do you do much gratitude stuff? Grateful stuff? Um, I try and look at everything. What was the, like this morning, I mean, I was trying to look at, I was trying to be positive about the fact that I've got Gabby's car in it. She's like, yeah, it'll be sweet, it'll be sweet. Like, breaks down the first time I start. It doesn't even, can't even walk. Like, I was what positives do <laughs> you take from that? Well, I get to stay around. I was like, oh, well, I'll work from on track and I'll, the mm. studios, you know, I will live in Nambour. So both those things are close. I'll just walk. Yeah. You know? That's a positive. Guy's been wanting yeah. to go to archery in Nambour, so yeah. we'll go do that. Yeah, okay. You know? I'll, yeah. Um, I've got to record meditations. I'll do that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Look at the... Positive. I don't have to go to the construction site of Bells Creek now because I can't drive there. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that attitude, like, um, have you read the book Power of Now? Yeah. I think I mentioned, Jake mentioned it yesterday or yeah. the other day and I think it, yeah. That, that talks about that kind of stuff and that that's, it's such a, when you think about it, it's such a good thing to do but it's actually so hard to incorporate in your everyday life. Yeah. Like be positive and live in the now, like, but once again, if you're doing that on a regular basis, it becomes a habit. When you were reading that book, you know when he talks about um, like no mind or the present, the yeah. now? Yeah. Could you feel that? Like have you experienced I gave that? It, I gave it a go when I was reading it. You know, he tells you to actually mm. try and do it. It was the first time I've ever felt like proper stillness. Yeah, I did it. That's the only time I've ever had it. Yeah. Well, you don't meditate. No. Maybe come to pottery. I, I try and meditate. Yeah, like I do. I do like just a five minute thing, and it's yeah. like, I don't know. I just feel out of breath after it. There's something I used to because when I I remember I was reading that book. Mm. I was also real into permaculture at the times so I was gardening, and I remember sitting down and looking up at the sky, and it was like this cloud moving, like big cloud, yeah. but it was like moving. Have you ever watched a cloud, and it's like you can look at it, and it doesn't look like it's moving, but then you look at it at a different angle, and it's moving really fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember looking at it, and I got that feeling of just total presence yeah. as this cloud like this huge cloud just drifted over me yeah like i was nothing i'm just like a just a nobody <laughs> i was just literally i was like i was like a, almost like i was the cloud i was just yeah. like there was no thoughts it was just watching it's a observation it's a surreal feeling eh? because like obviously we all think we're all always thinking in the past or the future mm. like you you're never just in the now which makes such so it makes so much sense 
But um, to actually accomplish it, it takes takes time. It takes practice. Yeah. It takes practice. But I'm trying to incorporate meditation into my life because I know for me upstairs in my head, I'm always everywhere. Like I'm always thinking about with the anxiety thing, like just having that, not not you take away the anxiety mm. attacks or whatever, having anxiety in your in your blood, like it's, you're always, you're thinking about things that, like I, uh, thinking about things that if you talk to someone like, oh, I th- you think way too far ahead. So if I, mm. um, say if I want to go to the fridge, I'd be like, oh, what happens if I trip over on the way there? You know what I mean? Like it's called that, you, you think way in, more in depth into things than someone else without anxiety. Yeah. Right. It's pretty wild. But have you learned to focus on your breath? Are you a nose breather or a um, mouth breather? Uh, that's a hard question. I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. You should read, I think it's Breath by James Nestor, maybe. I know if you're a nose breather, it's better for, um, better for a lot of things. A lot of things. I read yeah. that like two weeks ago. That's a good way to silence your mind. Yeah. Just go back to your breath. Yeah. I wondered when you were talking about your stories before, if you had that, because like obviously Vipassana is a lot of like the first three days is focusing on your breath. Breath. Breath is, so my granddad actually taught me that one. Yeah. He goes deep breath, so um, that's definitely the first thing I go to. Yeah, because um, you you getting worked up, your 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 heart's pumping, your blood's going. Like you got to try and slow everything down. So the first thing you obviously do, you do the deep breaths. So you shut the eyes, do the deep breaths like that. But outside of experiencing that, I've lately in the last like since the last three weeks, I've been trying to. If I'm starting to feel a little bit more too anxious than I like to feel, I'd start to turn to do that. Like not meditate, but just breathing. Yeah, and like good. it has the opportunity to, you know, just to bring you back down. And it's essentially meditation. Essentially, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting the meditation title on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just always I've tried. There's nothing, you don't need to overcomplicate it. It's literally yeah. obs- observing the breath is meditating. Yeah. Hundred percent. My brain just goes everywhere. So yeah, meditation. Just keep bringing it back to the breath. Yeah. Meditation's always been a tough thing for me, but I've always tried to chip away at it. Do you do you meditate? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, it's on and off, like it's the routine thing, right? Yeah. But yeah, I can always go back to breath. Like even I don't know, especially when I drink coffee and I sit mm-hmm. here, I'm just like I can I just like sit and observe the feeling of it through my yeah. body. I'm just like oh, I'm starting to feel a bit. Yesterday, especially when I had it before the podcast with Jake, I was just like yeah. I'm so jittery. Really? Just oh, rather than no worse feeling. Rather than yeah. like. I don't know, letting it get, feel you, give you that anxious feeling that mm. coffee can do. I just kind of watch it and just feel what that's doing to me. Really? Like observe the whole experience. Yeah. So your, your brain's like, instead of like being in the feeling, you're watching the feeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think Eckhart Tolle talks about it in The Power yeah, of Now. Yeah, The Power of Now. Mm. That's something that I, I cannot do. I feel everything. Like, it's like with that brain thing, it's like having the control to... So you have your... Sub, I find controlling your subconscious with anxiety is very hard to mm. do. That's kind of like what you do. That's what you train to get better at it. So that's what obviously I got better over the last couple of years is training your subconscious. So you've got one person saying like, oh, you're anxious. You're the other person saying you're fine. Yeah. Um, in the last two years, this person's bigger than this person, which is kind of the end goal for yeah. someone that has anxiety. But with um, back to routine, sorry. What do you actually have a specific routine that you stick to? Not do you like have key I, points? I don't, it's not like written out, but there's like, I don't know, there's consistency in it. Yeah. You know, what is it? I'd uh, love to know. 
<laughs> like in what, in what respect? Like in like, do you have a morning routine, like a night routine? I'm not like a routine as I get up and I, you know, do this for five minutes. Do an ab workout. Yeah, no, it's not like that. But it's like, you know, make sure I go to jujitsu on Tuesday, Thursday morning or yeah. um, Wednesdays I'm normally at the studio. Like that sort of, the days are Yeah, set. okay. So you so don't I'm have like, any I make sure I make sure I eat breakfast. I don't get up and, you know, I should and I, I do notice the benefit. Nighttime, if I meditate before bed, it's good. Yeah. Reading. Um, reading, yeah. Read before bed or mornings? I try at night, but I just drop the book on my face. Put you to sleep, eh? It's good though. Like um, I think reading is um, a massive thing for me, eh? Mm. Like I think the keeping the brain learning continuously. There's something that gives you stillness about that as well. Like it's a feel good. It gives you um, gives you like serotonin levels boost. I swear, because like ever since like, I never used to read until this year. I started reading this year. I actually started doing the start of this year. I did the to write down the three gratefuls, three to five gratefuls daily, um, read, and like that, those two alone just made a, a substantial difference for my mental health. I reckon, yeah. Cool. Obviously, I was um, doing something new as well. Yeah. Well, have you ever done or tried to do seventy-five hard, Andy Frizzella's? Well, I've seen that. Eh? Yeah, I've tried a few times. I can never like finish it. I think um, I always looked at this in the drinking thing. No chance. Yeah, but yeah, like, right. see, yeah. mine's more the. It's the two workouts I can never finish because you can't do, you can't do one big one. So it's always fitting that last foot. I was finding I was just like going for a walk at nine thirty at night because I yeah. get home, I have dinner, and then I've got to go for a walk. Yeah. But having those every single time I do it, because I've tried it so many times, and I do do it for like a few weeks, and then is it no it definitely cheat meals? helps no cheat yeah, no cheat no cheat meals. You got to stick to a diet. Doesn't matter which one. Two forty-five minute workouts. Mm. See that the no three liters of water would be hard too. Like on a gallon of water, so it's almost four liters. Because like no alcohol. Yeah, I guess. No, I guess now looking at it, it's probably differently. Like, and you got to read ten, ten, ten pages a day. So it all is small things. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, just got to make time for it. And I was always reading like last like ten, ten o'clock. Oh, I got to eat two more pages. Yeah, but did you enjoy it? Yeah, you do because yeah. you just you, it's the routine thing. You got to yeah. do it. It's the feeling of um, that 1% kind of theory. Like you feel like you're getting better 1% daily. Yeah. That's what keeps you coming back to it. Uh, that's kind of like what everyone should strive for is that feeling of getting better every day. Yeah. And the, with the alcohol, back to the alcohol thing, you never, no one ever drinks and then wakes up the next morning feeling better. So it's kind of like yeah. you're going backwards. Yeah. If you're drinking twice a week, you're going backwards twice that week. That's the kind of outlook I've kind of looked at it now is I want to go more forward in life and I felt like this factor was setting me back. Whether like it wasn't giving me anxiety or not, it's still, you know, you'd have a hangover day, you'd eat bad food, mm. you know, go out drinking, you spend more money than you should be, like stuff like that. Like everything around thinking is negative apart from the social aspect. So now I've got to try and like, you've got to try and separate the social aspect of yeah. drinking, which is difficult. But, Very uh, yeah. difficult. I mean... I used to think it was difficult years ago when I kind of stopped drinking. Um, and like, yeah, I'll have occasional one with people. But I think you just move that social aspect somewhere else. Like people always say that to me. It's like, oh, but you know, the social side. But it's like, I don't know. I still socialize with people. Just yeah. get a coffee, get hot chocolate, yeah. socialize, go yeah. to dinner, have cooked dinner at yours or something. 
I don't know. There's other ways to socialize than going to the pub. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely, you can still go to the pub, but yeah. that's like because all my mates, all my close boys group, well, we've had like 15 of us for like the last, you know, five to 10 years. So our social aspect is obviously always got drinking involved. Um, and that is a hard part, and it's it is hard to leave a group. Yeah, if you want, like you also got to remember that you become the people you hang around. Hundred percent. Hundred percent, and that's kind of like the scary thing for me now is um, I'm about to I'm on this path right now to a complete lifestyle change. Um, it doesn't mean necessarily you got to not hang out with them. Like I could still go to the pub and not drink. I could sit there and still socialize, but that aspect of hanging out and have a good time that's dramatically going to change. Yeah, like I had a friend's birthday last weekend at Pier Thirty Three. Um, rocked up. First hour and a half, you know, you're chatting. Then after that, you're like, it's getting a bit boring. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I ended up just was like making myself stay there to be present there. Like, mm. I didn't want to be there. Whether it's if I was drinking, I'd be there or not. Yeah. So, is the actual, is the experience and the time with your friends what's fun or is it the alcohol? Well, you don't want to answer that question because you feel bad. <laughs> well, that's what I, that's, nah, the big, that's the big question, but they all probably have the same yeah, thing. Yeah, 100%. But then if you all went and hung out sober, I'm sure you'd actually all, it'd be no different. You'd just it it would be no different, but the alcohol, the social aspect with the alcohol definitely does make it funner. Like it's, you understand what people drink, like... Everyone going around doing MDMA together would be more fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own with that one. <laughs> <laughs> like you can just take it to the next yeah. one. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's not for me, but I, I'm just saying yeah. like you can just well, that's do a, drugs. If, mate, that's that's a normality in today's society. Yeah. 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 No, just, exactly. no just drinking anymore. It's everything else with it. Yeah. The white stuff. So it's... It's kind of sad. It's sad. But this is kind of like what made me pumped to do three months sober because like for me I've never looked at three months going no chance like yeah, right. I love a beer with the boys like I play golf like my, one of my dad things is playing golf and like when every time I play golf I've got you know eight beers with me like that's part of it now I've played like four or five games sober and it's like mentally a lot more challenging because it's just like obviously very competitive as well but it's like a complete different outlook on the game because I'm mm. not drinking but I still love it. It's just mentally a lot more challenging because I can't have that yeah, right. release with the mates. I don't feel like I'm in as more involved with yeah, them. I know the feeling. Um, but I think I want to obviously still go to events and stuff like that. But I think um, I'll be distancing. 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 Well, distancing. Yeah, that's the word, man. <laughs> Let's cut that bit. <laughs> um, myself from a lot more staff because. Mm. I went home that night last weekend and I felt excluded. You know, I felt like I was on this journey by myself. Um, That's all right. I'll tell you what does happen. Hit me. You, you don't lose the friends, mm. but you find new people that match what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, so there's no shortage of mates out there. And that's there's no shortage of people to, that you'll get along yeah. with and that will want to do exactly what you want to do. Yeah. And that's kind of the exciting of it like that's I'm pumped for it. like I'm actually pumped for this three months because not one will my whole lifestyle change mm. but like you said you're going to meet new people that are you know align the same yep. is what I'm trying to achieve and the other aspect of it is I could be a 
completely different person, what, what you can achieve in exactly. three months of not having those 1% going backwards twice or three times a week. Yeah. Like, that's pretty exciting stuff. So, um, and your mental clarity as well, because I've never had it. I've never had three months. Obviously, when I was younger, mm. I didn't start drinking until I was like 19. Mm. Um, that's quite, quite late. Yeah, in never, never was a, never a really big drinker, eh? Yeah. I was, um, I was always playing sport. Yeah, cool. Like obviously, when I was fourteen, fifteen, I had my goon sack once every <laughs> six months at a party. But my dad was a hard man, so I didn't really have that opportunity, hmm. um, to it do that. Be easy for you then. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I find I haven't actually thought about it at all. Like I forget I'm doing three months. Like the alcohol thing, I, yeah. it's it's gone now. So I think it would be it'd be hard still. Because obviously you've got birthday, Christmas, silly season. But um, I'm keen to just to show people that you can do it, eh? Like, yeah, good. Like, cause, especially because I love a beer. Hmm. Like, hopefully you might take a few mates with me, you know, out of my group. You never know. That's it. Might lead the way, but... Matty Orman. <sighs> he needs it, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, he started late, though. So that's fair. that's, yeah. But yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> Don't want to go down that avenue, mate. <laughs> He's a menace, isn't he? Yeah. I was actually really looking forward to spending time with him at the Bucks, eh? Mm, yeah. That's, I had the biggest FOMO when I got home, eh? Because obviously it was a four or five day event. I yeah. came home, flew there and flew back within 24 hours. Yeah. So obviously I was getting on Snapchats for the next three, four days. And biggest FOMO, but yeah, did not did not envy being there, that's for yeah, sure. that's good. Yeah. Um, so... I'm gonna give. We're gonna give you one of these when they are launched. Yeah. Um, I'll just take you through it a little bit, so you're gonna be able to scan to do meditation, so you can yeah. get started. So you, are you making? Are you making the meditations? I'm doing a bunch. So um, it's your voice, Jake Stone. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Like that. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Stone will be doing a bunch. Um, yeah. Hopefully, get a few others in there as well, which will be cool. But yeah. Um, did you ever used to write when you did write? Didn't you when you? Yeah. So I've got a like, a book now. Uh, what's it called I don't remember what it's called but it's like a proper book and it has stuff like that and I just yeah, write cool. just write I'm just a big writer like I can't put I hate typing stuff yeah so I like writing it I'll be super keen to hear if you do have another anxiety attack how something like this would help well I um, writing definitely does help mm. when I was first um, understanding what the anxiety stuff was um I wrote down my feelings, how I felt. I wrote down what it is, why it's happening. Yeah. So I've I've still got that book somewhere, actually. Yeah. I think like that. It's like self development, and that's what that that would be good for. Like yeah. you can see yourself at the start of the year, what you're writing about, how you're feeling towards the end of the year. Yeah. Because um, it definitely does help going back and understanding how you feel in certain areas of life. I think this this will help people who are going through that stage, but also they're out of it and they're just now living a kind yeah. of level life because we all got ups and downs like well this also will be like you know for me like someone's got to remind me to do meditation mm. if i see a qr code there i'm gonna do it you yeah. know what i mean like and they'll be short like you know beginners yeah. five minute stuff just yeah then well, that's progress up do. to 30 yeah <laughs> that's what I can do. but that's the thing you want to start you know five yeah do a 10 minute you don't want to overwhelm people trying to ease their way into meditation it's hard enough to sit for an hour once you've been doing it for six years Really? Whatever. Yeah. That was a long time. I'm fidgety as. Yeah. yeah. One thing I actually, when I haven't been doing it for a while and I want to get back into it, I just 
like commit to nine, um, 60 or 90 minutes and just won't move. And then once you've done that, you're like, wow, this is so good. Why have I, ever, why, why have I stopped this? For an hour? Yeah, I think Sophie and I did that 90 minutes or something because we hadn't meditated now. So we'll just do 90 minutes. We'll get back into it. And then it was just like, yeah, back into it. Are you, are you listening to someone talk? No, you listen to it. Well, the person that you don't, you just listen to the chanting at the side if you want, and it's just yourself for 90 minutes. Where, the, how, where did your brain go? 90 minutes. Probably everywhere, but keep back back to the breath. Keep going back, so, back to the sensation. So your goal is every time it, you lose it, you don't let it run, you bring it back. Yeah, as soon as you kind of, as soon as you are conscious of the fact that your mind has travelled, mm. it started thinking about what you're going to eat off this, or you know yeah. what what's well, what am what I doing you, for ninety yeah, minutes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go back to the breath, all the sensations yeah. on your body. Yeah, okay. So you um, it's just constantly pulling you back. It's not like I can sit there for ninety minutes and not think. It's just, yeah, that'd be epic. Hey? Some people can't do that. that keep way. growing the time. Yeah, it's definitely something that I definitely want to get into more. Mm. Like, don't use it just as like a, a last resort mechanism. Use it just as a daily thing. You ever done pottery? No, I did um, pottery and chill. Oh, you did, yeah. Yeah, it is. You did it, it with is. the group, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do the wheel throwing. Yeah. That looks satisfying. Did like, you notice, could you get in the zone there or was it, did you come to Um, it? Yeah. Was it I'm, a social aspect? I think that's why I'm a creative person. Yeah, cool. I think that's why I'm a designer because... You'd find it in design when you're like stuck, when you're not stuck, when you're like, you know the design you're going for and you just keep fiddling, making it yeah. perfect, making it perfect. Yeah. That state. That's, that's, that's not stillness, but I'd relate to that as meditation for now I because it, I get yeah. stuck into one little thing that I'm trying to fix mm. and I look up the clock, it's been two hours. Yeah, like, I think you're in the, what? I'd call, probably call it flow. State. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Which is, yeah, much the same. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting that you said that now. Probably is why I'm a designer. No more. It's good. Yeah. yeah, I find it when I'm like obviously done it, do a fair bit of design too from architecture. Yeah. If I'm just stuck on like in design doing something. Yeah. I can just go through for like two hours and my yeah. last sweet. Do just you made. like it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. You're not just doing it because you have to do it. But. No, I mean, I start doing it because I have to do it and then realize that I enjoy it. I'm like, why don't I do this more often? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, it's the same as pottery. I don't do it much. When I do it, I'm like, oh, I should do this more often. I guess you've kind of found your kind of found what you like doing if you look at the clock and it's been two hours and you don't even realize you're doing it yeah that's it i guess yeah i must deep down really do like design then because just focus on it mm. well i think you know that now you've come back to it yeah well it's back to my back to basics and that's what i love doing so it must be i've always looked at it just like oh i went to uni for it so i can make money for it but mm. there must be more underlying things that i actually do enjoy it yeah do you get up in the morning and dread having to do design like you did with no, nah, so that, nah, that's the thing. So that, that's the difference. So I guess that answers the question there because the design aspect thing is one of the only things I've ever been able to do to get up at like six o'clock or four o'clock. I went through a stage mm. and start working on it. Yeah, like I don't need a coffee, no nothing. I don't just I can just open up a laptop and just start working on it, mm. and it's not like dreadful. It just allows my brain to just kind of flow at my own pace. But it's also, I do, like, I did, like, nine hours yesterday straight. Actually, I had a little swim in the afternoon to break it up. But that, I noticed that, like, I was mentally, felt like I was drained, but just tired, like a good tide. Mm. So I think that's good, definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on and having a chat. Thanks for having me, Legend. Appreciate your time. And yours.